Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 328. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week, where I'm always joined by our fabulous sponsors of the podcast, Blueprint MCAT, and one of their amazing live online instructors. We're going to be talking about the hidden curriculum today, something that comes up a lot with the MCAT and courses and prereqs, right? We talk about prereqs for med school, but what about prereqs for the MCAT? A lot of times there's overlap, but sometimes there's not. So what happens when there's stuff on the MCAT that you're like, wait a minute, I haven't learned this because I haven't taken these classes. And then you yell at me for not telling you. So I'm telling you today, and hopefully it is helpful. Before we jump in, though, I want to talk about Blueprint MCAT and their amazing free account over at blueprintmcat.com. Get access to their amazing study planner tool that will help you plan out your schedule when you're taking your full-length exams, when you need to take some breaks, when you're doing your content review, how you're doing all of your QBank stuff, and so much more, as well as access to their full-length exam, a a full-length exam, as well as a half-length diagnostic. And as always, Blueprint has the best third-party exams out there, so you can get some more from Blueprint after you sign up for that free account. Go to blueprintmcat.com today to get that free account. Nicole, welcome back to the MCAT podcast. How you doing? I'm doing good. Excited to keep chatting today about course prereqs, prepping for the MCAT, uh, all that good stuff. The MCAT. What is the MCAT? I don't even know what that is. Um, <laughs> never, never even met her. <laughs> never, never met her. Um, I'm more of a dog person. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> let's chat about uh, what what is often called the hidden curriculum of, of tests know. of the MCAT. And one of the biggest questions that comes from students it, with this hidden curriculum question is anatomy and physiology right? The human body, we want to go to medical school, it must be tested on the MCAT, right? Because the MCAT is supposed to test how smart you are with the human body, right? Right? Yeah, I kind of, I, I, you know, honestly, I wish I think the test would be a lot more straightforward if that was the case. Um, So in a nutshell, anatomy is on the MCAT, but not very much of it, usually just quite basic anatomy and almost always in the context 
of something else. Um, so I think this is a common misconception. I think I've even had, you know, people that I know who are not medical, who like I've talked to about the MCAT, like I, I find that people just assume, well, like what's the most under, like what's the undergrad class that like any person would probably say like is the most relevant <laughs> to the content in medical school. You probably say, well, like anatomy and physiology, doctors definitely have to know that. Okay, well, of course that must be a prerequisite for the medical admissions test because they want to test your medical knowledge, right? But no, right? Um, the MCAT is not interested in testing your medical knowledge. It's really te- interested in testing um, your critical reasoning skills and your scientific um, reasoning skills and critical reading as well. Um, Got to make sure we give our shout out to the car section where where it's due. But there's not yeah. that many direct questions um, of anatomy on the MCAT. So I think if students want to take anatomy, if they have an elective, um, you know, if they want to use it so that way, you know, they're not seeing it for the first time in medical school. You know, I'm sure you could find different opinions out there about whether or not that's a good idea or whether it's overkill. Um, you know, so I think if a student wants to take anatomy, if they have space in their schedule, mm-hmm. um, they think that they'll be able to do well in that class and that it's not going to, you know, actively be harming their GPA go for it but yeah it's not gonna it's really not gonna help you on the mcat very much yeah. um so so i, wish I, I, I took anatomy <laughs> and physiology in undergrad i was an exercise physiology major so it's kind of baked into my mm. my major and uh it definitely helped for medical school right and and i also <laughs> loved anatomy because that's I, I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon right so that's just you it's just part of who i was i just loved the human body and and how it's put mm-hmm. together and and all that fun stuff um but yeah the the mcat again as you mentioned right it's a critical reasoning test uh it's a it's an analysis test an analytical thinking test how does anatomy and physiology show up on the test when it does yeah, so if there's anatomy on the test, it, it's really going to be in the concept, like in the context of other problems, like I mentioned. And the MCAT actually really, really loves to do this. Um, the MCAT loves to take non-biological questions and put them in a biological context. I'll give you an example. Um, so, for example, you might have a question that is centered around the lungs. You're like, lungs, yes, Nicole, like that's a clinical thing, that's a doctor thing, that's an anatomy thing, I know the lungs. Um, but the actual question might be about if you have inflammation in one of your bronchioles, it's like a branch of the lungs, essentially. Um, so no, in that case, right, knowing the word bronchial might be relevant, um, some anatomy knowledge coming in there. If you have inflammation in one of those passages, and that passageway narrows, right, how does that, um, how does that affect the flow of air, right, fluid flow um, through that passageway, right? And the answer essentially might be, make sure you have knowledge of the Venturi effect, right? So it's a question about lungs that is secretly testing you on a physics fluid dynamics concept. Um, so that's the way that the MCAT will tend to ask these anatomy questions is they will just place some biochemistry question, some physics question, um, you know, even like some psychology question in a biological context, right? Because I think, you know, the MCAT does try to, I think where it can to make things like clinically relevant um, or to bring in those more concepts that maybe on the surface level, somebody might say, oh, well, yes, lung inflammation, that is medical, that is clinical. Um, But then they ask you basic science questions about those clinical scenarios. Okay, so the the setting of the question is a bio, like, 
lungs, heart, whatever. It, but it's a physics question. It's a, <laughs> it's, it's something completely different. Do you think, again, for the the high scoring test takers, my mm-hmm. assumption is that the people who are doing well on the MCAT will look at that type of question, right? The 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 one that you gave talking about lungs, but it's it's really a, mm-hmm. a pressure or physics question. Mm-hmm. The high score people will be able to completely block out all of that other stuff and go, I haven't taken anatomy. It doesn't matter here. I I, exactly. I recognize right off the bat or I recognize after reading the passage or whatever it is, that this has nothing to do with lungs. So just don't worry about the lungs versus the low scoring person or the person who's really struggling to get a higher score is looking at it going, oh crap, lungs. What do I remember out the lungs? Okay, wait. Panic, this, this, panic. this, this, yep. yeah. And and it's like, mm-hmm. y- y- slow down, like read the rest. What is it actually asking? And and they have a harder time picking out that information that's relevant and not relevant. A hundred percent. And this is like one of the core skills that the MCAT requires of you, right? Um, when we say the MCAT is a reasoning test, what we mean is that there's going to be very very almost no questions um, that are straightforward right there. Memorize this. The answer is what you memorize. Click the thing you memorize. Um, There's always going to be that extra step of reasoning, right? So that's why, for example, that lungs question, the MCAT could have just asked you about fluid dynamics by saying, oh, well, you have a, you have a tube of this diameter. Um, it narrows to this diameter and the fluid, um, you know, and then the pipe gets wider again and it comes out the other side. Um, tell us about how the pressure changes as you go through the narrow area, right? It'd be very easy for the MCAT to ask that, mm. but it didn't. Yeah. It didn't because it wants you to have to do the two steps, right? There's always, there's always two steps. There's always kind of two, I, I draw stairs a lot of times for my students. Um, mm. Because I said there's you always have to go up to the second step. If you get beyond the second step, you're you're starting to get into some dangerous land. You might be making connections that you're not actually supposed to make. Um, but it's about being able to say, oh, inflammation, right? If if a tube it, like if a, if a passageway is inflamed, right, that's gonna like cause swelling. Swelling is narrowing. Oh, this question is actually just asking me about a tube, and the tube happens to be in your lungs. So 100% being able to break down those things and a lot of times getting away from um, the biology that I, I swear the, M- the MCAT loves to put random things in a bio- biological context. It's going to ha- it's gonna happen all over the place, particularly on chem phys. Like the chem, the chem phys section on the surface level could almost look like a biology test because that's how many questions they put in a biological context. Right. When once again, this isn't a, this isn't a mistake. Right. You know, we want being able to make things clinically relevant, um, you know, is part of, I think, part of what the MCAT tries to do when it when it can. But it's all about breaking it down, finding what we call sometimes a direct ask, right? What is the easier question that's hiding behind all this gobbledygook, all of this, you know, this long question stem, this complicated diagram? There's always some simple question lurking. Um, once you are able to get past kind of that first step, get over that first hump of reasoning, um, a lot of students, how you have that epiphany moment where you go, oh, it's just Venturi effect. Okay, I know that. And then you can answer the question. Okay, so let me ask you this question. If anatomy and physiology for you is kind of the not a big deal in terms of a quote unquote hidden curriculum, it's not a standard prereq, what is the most important non kind of big major prereq that we think about class that a student potentially should think about taking if they can? 
I think this is a great question. Um, I, I think the answer is like, in terms of like, what is the hidden curriculum? It really is this reason, these reasoning skills that we're talking about. So there, there's probably no one class at your school that is like reasoning for science. I hope you're like, that'd be awesome if your school like has that course. Um, it probably doesn't. Mm-hmm. So the, the answer is going to probably mean that if you're looking like, hey, I have an extra spot. I know I'm going to take this course before the MCAT. What's something that I can do that I can specifically leverage towards um, improving my MCAT prep that's not about content? Mm-hmm. Um, although I think, you know, higher level biology courses like genetics or cell and molecular bio, sure. If you have time beforehand, great, excellent. You know, anything, anything helps. Some things are going to help more and some things are going to help less. But for example, in my undergrad, I, I took a course that part of the course, um, this actually was a cell and molecular biology course. Um, but part of it was that we would do kind of mini journal clubs throughout the course. And so we'd be broken into groups and we would have, to, and every single group would be assigned a figure from a paper and you would have to break down that figure and you'd have to present it for, to the for the class. Um, the questions on our exams as well were also like real life scenarios. Like it was taking what we, it was kind of, it was almost a little MCAT-like, not not quite that bad. <laughs> um, but it was a little MCAT-like in that like we were given figures and we learned how to interpret them. And I actually took that class um, right after I took the MCAT. And a lot of those things were really easy for me because I had self-taught them in terms of things like figure analysis, mm-hmm. um, which is very important for the MCAT. Um, I essentially self-taught those things to myself. And so it made this class easy. But if I had actually taken that class beforehand, I think it would have helped me get a better leg up on my scientific reasoning. So if you know that there are professors at your school that do things like include journal clubs in their class, um, they ask, like their their tests aren't just spit back memorized thing to me. I, it's actually, oh, here's this experimental setup. Um, critique it for me. I've also had, I took like a bioanalytical chemistry course. That was um, that sort of format where we did a lot of like critiquing, a lot of critical thinking. Basically, if you have a science course at your school and you can find out from other students that it is more geared towards critical thinking and applying the things you learned in class, um, that is probably going to be the most valuable thing for you. I don't know how common this is. I might have got, I think I was lucky. These are two particularly great. I loved both of those classes. They were great professors and I learned a lot. So if you have that class, take it if you can. All right. So there you have it. Hopefully this was helpful to give you some insight onto potentially some other things that you may want to learn or study or brush up on before you jump into the MCAT in that whole world so that you don't go into a test and go, wait a minute, I didn't know this was going to be on the test. Don't forget, you can go to the AAMC. The AAMC has a, a PDF. It's many, many, many pages. If you just Google uh, AAMC MCAT uh, content, there is a PDF that will tell you everything that the AAMC is expecting you to know. So do a deep dive into that. Make sure you understand a lot of what's going on there. This is what most test prep companies base their kind of courses and material off of, uh, including Blueprint. And so, yeah, go go check that out. Uh, go straight to the source. It's super helpful. Hope you have a great week. Don't forget to get that free account over at blueprintmcat.com today. This is MedEd Media.